Do you like my deep voice on that one? I love it. Hi, I'm Megan. I'm Brooke. Oh, another podcast. Another episode. Welcome. Another day, another dollar. Yeah. Well, no dollars yet. <laughs> if you would like to donate a dollar, we would holla at that dollar. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, well, today mm-hmm. is a really exciting day, Brooke, because we got an email I know, and it didn't go to my inbox personally, and it didn't go to your inbox personally, but do you know what inbox it went to? Which one? Do you like us pod at, at gmail.com. Gmail. So if you guys have questions or comments or advice for us, or you need advice, or you have a story, please email us. Please do. Because we would love to hear it. The amount of excitement was kind of absurd when yeah. we first noticed that someone emailed us. Thrilled. I texted Brooke in all caps. We got <laughs> an email. We got a question. Yeah. Oh, and it was a really good one. And we just thought that we would make it an entire episode because yeah. it's a really good question. There's a lot to discuss with it. And there, I'm sure a lot of people are wondering the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. So what was that question, Megan? The question is how to be an ally to codependent family members, friends, and partners. The email question was worded kind of like, my sister's introverted and has always had difficulty expressing her needs. I'm really extroverted and oftentimes take over the conversation. But I try to say things like, what's on your heart, you know, to get her to open up. But I have to say it several times over because she'll often answer in a few sentences and then switch the focus back to me. My big personality sometimes needs to shut up and keep directing the attention to her. Any advice on how we can be allies for codependent folks in our lives, especially extroverted external processors like me? So that was kind of a summation of the question. Yeah. Um, And it's just, it's a great topic. Yes. And first of all, um, writer inner, we want to say thank you mm-hmm. for bringing this to our attention because it's something really important. Mm-hmm. We, have a lot, we have a lot of family and friends who have listened to the podcast who have said, you know, I don't personally struggle with codependency, but I have people in my life who do, and it warms our heart, but we never thought to address those people and what they yeah. can actually do mm-hmm. to help. Yeah, and I've had people say, I'm, I'm learning to understand you more. It's helping me understand you more. Yeah. And why you're you're being the way that you are. <laughs> why are you the way you choose to be? Seriously, every time I, I do something fun and great, you make it not be that way. I hate the things that you I choose hate to be. The things that you choose to be. We had to finish that off as quick. Oh, so. Sorry guys. Yeah. Um so we kind of chatted a little bit about people in our lives that make us feel less triggered codependency wise mm-hmm. you know and what we thought those patterns were and then we also did some research on what you know actual experts <laughs> say to do <laughs> to help people who are codependent in their lives um but i do think we wanted to highlight something we talked about in a previous episode on yeah. the emotionally immature parents episode um, because a part of the question was about like external processors versus internal processors, extroverts versus introverts. And we kind of had hit a little bit on that in that episode. Yeah. And I think in this email question, I think they said, 
that they were a extroverted external processor yes. and that their sister was internal, right? Yes. An and introvert, an internal introvert. processor, doesn't yeah. share a whole lot. Yeah. And I think it's important to highlight the difference between these two and to actually understand what the difference is so that you can relate to those people better, right? Yes. And so to get like a list of what that is, you can listen to the Emotionally Immature Parents episode. Yeah. But we were just thinking in general for people who are um, externalizers, something you can do maybe in conversation with an internalizer specifically is to remain quiet even when you sense a gap in conversation or think they're mm. done talking. That's a big one. So like give yeah. them more space, even more space. Like use other ways to show that you're listening like mm, instead mm-hmm. of like a full response mm-hmm. right away. Yeah, because the codependent is looking for you to fill in, to, for you to tell them what they're thinking and yep. feeling because yep. they don't know where to start yep. on that. It depends on the severity of codependency mm-hmm. as well. But for someone who's severely codependent, they are really looking for you to tell them who mm-hmm. they are in a lot of the ways. Mm-hmm. So if you remain quiet and mm-hmm. don't interject your exact comments on what they're saying, mm-hmm. they can't identify with you and mm-hmm. they can create their own identity exactly. through it. And another thing to do for that exact reason is instead of responding with a comment yeah respond with a question yeah yeah a follow-up question yeah but be genuine about it don't just you know (laughs) (laughs) like it's a random question that makes sense (laughs) yeah but keep it on theme keep it on theme people be an active listener who's curious about the person not trying to make comments and make it about you Yeah, and in this case, this person is clearly wanting to be there for their sister. They care. They they want to. They they want their sister to express themselves and feel Mm -hmm. confident to do so. Mm -hmm. So exactly, absolutely. And yeah, I love that. It's so beautiful. Like, what a lovely question to say. I want to be the best version of myself so that my sister can be the best version of herself. It's beautiful. I wish more people asked that question Mm -hmm. about how they can show up about for other people in their lives, right? Absolutely. I think we get too obsessed about what's going on with us and not how we can be the best people for the people in our lives. Yes. It's very much like, um, like, uh, what's that called? Main character energy that's going around. And it's like, you know, what about supporting character energy? Like, let's think, how can I make this other person's day the best it can be or how can I lift them up or encourage them or you know yeah I I love that idea sorry I said that really weird yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah but I I love that idea and even just uh, there's so many areas of life that to look at that at of like you know there's sports where um being an ally or like being the person who assists in the scoring like Mm -hmm. I mean that is always an important role to play Mm -hmm. and I think like if you look at it in life in general like we all need people to help us assist in scoring like Mm -hmm. if we're going to be deep about it (laughs) this isn't just about sports it's about life (laughs) (laughs) this is a serious metaphor yeah I love that and you know, I'm, this might be kind of stream of consciousness episode, but we just like made a list of a bunch of things yeah. that we think are ways to help a code, person who's codependent in your life. For sure. So we're going to go through them. We'll chat about them as we read them off. Yeah. But so the first one that we wrote is to encourage therapy. Absolutely. Yeah. If they're not already in therapy, um, which I mean, every person is going to be comfortable with that or not and Mm -hmm. you're not like pushing them to do anything they're uncomfortable with 
but just in a very gentle way, encouraged that that might be helpful because mm-hmm. it possibly could be. And yeah. for me, it's been a huge game changer. Huge. Yeah. Well, and I think that even was true for you and I. Like you were telling me you were struggling with this, and then I would tell you that I had big success talking to somebody, yeah. talking to Sue in particular. Yeah. But you know what I mean? I think I wasn't saying, Brooke, you need therapy. I was saying, wow, I, I get I get it. I get the feeling of being trapped in those thoughts. I get, I've been there, I'll be there tomorrow. And I'm so glad that I have this person to talk to who's not biased, who helps me zoom out, who helps me ask the questions to myself and tells me the truth when I don't know what that is. Yeah, you know, absolutely. And I know for some people it's a very scary, daunting task to be like, oh man, now I'm going to start talking about my feelings mm-hmm. and like... Opening up this bag of worms. Yeah, there's a lot of people who want to want to avoid the internal work and don't want to come to terms with the fact that they might be codependent mm-hmm. or... But just having the empathy and the um, gentle acceptance around them yeah. to be like, you know, I... And also what you said, not making it about them having to go, but like oh, I did this thing for me and it was really helpful. Talking in those terms. Exactly. Yeah. And then another one that we thought was encourage getting new hobbies. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like, because me and you have talked about this and how helpful it's been to like get back, get involved with the things that make you happy. It's and If you're not sure what that is, a lot of us codependents have no idea what makes us happy. Try and think back to childhood and what made you happy. The little things that, you know, that you did, um, as silly as it is, and without judgment, do them, mm-hmm. you know? I think the hardest part is the judgment part. We, It's like, well, I can't, you know. Yep. I was a kid back then. It's like, well, you're still that kid. Yeah. You're well, just a bigger kid. We said, too, I can't remember what episode it was, but we were talking about how we both have done this recently, trying new hobbies, even things we didn't know we would like, and then we learned things we do and don't like. Yeah. You know? Yes, and on a side note about hobbies, one of my big hobbies growing up was drumming, Mm -hmm. right? That's why I start off every episode with our drum roll, because it's kind of a nod to that. But, like, you know, I am in the process of exploring that again. I've been Mm -hmm. researching drum sets and looking into getting an electric set for my apartment, Mm -hmm. and I'm so excited. I'm, like, literally just doing the research to buy this thing that I know is going to make me, like, a giddy kid again. Mm -hmm is lighting me up and it's also distracting me from some of my codependent mm-hmm. ways because mm-hmm. I'm like you know I'm not too attached to other people because I'm kind of focusing on what makes me happy so. exactly focus on you learn about you exactly and um that the you know when they do do these new things have an experience try out a new hobby brings me to the next point which is to ask them how something made them feel Or ask a specific question about their experience because this can help them define their interests. Like, wow, did that feel expansive? Did that bring you joy? Yeah. Not just, did you like it? Because we don't know. (laughs) Right, right. I don't know if I liked it or not. I don't know what that means, you know? Absolutely. And if you grew up in a home where you were codependent for a parent or anything and you were... For you were um, fed what to think about most things and how you know how you're actually gonna like all your belief systems and everything you think and feel is being fed by a parent mm-hmm. or something. This can be really hard to break out of. Mm-hmm. So asking your sibling how they actually feel about it might mm-hmm. not be something their parents ever asked them. Yeah. So or you know not just your sibling but your friend your ally whoever we're talking about here yeah. right. 
um, asking the questions that their parents never asked them yeah. could be huge because a lot of times codependents have never been asked how they actually felt about an experience. They just yeah. had to go along for the ride. Exactly. They had to assume the position, assume the feelings, you know, yes, that were yes. expected of them. Yes, assume the position. I love that. So way more specific questions are super helpful for me specifically. Yeah. Um, and then I feel safe with that person. Like, all of these things make me feel safe with a person. Right. And that's know? crucial, right? Because a codependent, if they don't feel safe around you, then you won't get any of that you, authentic yes. answers. Yeah. Well, and that actually perfectly leads me to the next one because it's be honest and don't patronize or beat around the bush. Now, people are not probably immediately lying or trying to patronize somebody, especially their sister who they love. I'm not saying that I think that that's happening, but I think that sometimes people can speak in a way about other people's experiences from a an automatic place of just like this is how I talk about somebody's experience. Yeah. Rather than a really genuine place of curiosity. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um. And then if there's like an air of politeness over something, yeah. where I can tell you're kind of beating around the bush and not saying something or trying to word things in a certain way. If it's a close person to me, like a sister or like a a close friend, it turns me off. I'm like, it puts my defenses up. I'm yeah. like, why are they being like that? Right. What What are they hiding? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm suspicious. And now I don't feel comfortable sharing. Yeah. Because a lot of the times you can see right through that. You know? Right. So it's hard. And just making sure that uh, that you are allowing them to, or showing them that that you are honest and forthright with them. Exactly. Just being really clear. That, I think, actually is the thing that makes, like, reflecting back on conversations that I've had with people who Mm -hmm. make me feel the least codependently triggered. Yeah. It probably is that, that I know they are being so genuine. Yes. There's, there are no pretenses. Right. You know? Right. You know, when the, you're in those situations where you're with someone and you know that they are they said that thing because they want to look good in front of that person or mm-hmm. there's ulterior motives to what how mm-hmm. they're acting and what they're doing and you know that that person typically operates that way, mm-hmm. that is kind of what a codependent would, like, run the opposite direction yes. from. That doesn't make them feel safe to authentically express themselves. And a lot of the times you'll get a manufactured codependent version of self yep. in those situations from that person. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Now let me morph into whatever will get a polite answer because that's where they're at and that's where we have to stay. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So it's, it's really crucial. And I think the next one was, um, it's a be specific about why you like things because it might help them understand how to decide if they like something. I love that one. Me too. You're almost giving them a rubric <laughs> for like yeah. what to look for. Right. Like, I think we've talked about this before. We, I don't know about you, but I was kind of, like, envious of people growing up who clearly knew, how, like, what they thought at mm-hmm. all times, right? Yes. It's like, oh, well, I like this. And yep. I, like, this is they, my favorite color. This is my favorite this. Yeah. I have an opinion right now about this thing. Right. And I'm like, holy moly. <laughs> they had specific likes and, and, and dislikes, yeah. which made uh, a personality come 
it, like formate in front of you mm-hmm. so you can see okay I know how this person is based off their likes and dislikes yeah and I feel like I was always a harder person to get to know growing up yeah. because my likes and dislikes weren't out there mm-hmm. like I didn't know what those were yeah. you know, as a codependent you don't know what they yeah. are so when people ask or like when people are trying to get to know you because it's not like I like the Dodgers. I but it's yes, not specific, exactly. you know. Then it's like it ends up becoming a harder task for mm-hmm. people. So, yeah. And you know what else? I feel like when you do start, like just another challenge. This is a side note. This isn't really about anything I'm talking about. But yeah. As a side note, as you keep trying to, um, like heal in your codependency journey and you do start liking things or you do claim things as your own or your opinion or your team or whatever yeah I do kind of get that sense from people of like why or prove it or how long have you liked that and you know that makes me so uncomfortable it does too oh my gosh you're completely invalidating this thing that I worked so hard to like get to you know yeah it's like, Did I tell you this? What? Oh my gosh. Um, so a couple of years ago, I wore a, a shirt that says Fender on it. Oh God. Oh and no. I, and I went, to, I know. And I just thought it was a cool shirt, to yeah. be honest. And I have messed around with guitars and stuff. Like I, I've definitely played guitar before yeah. and I've played a Fender and all that. And the Fender is a brand of a guitar, if I have made that clear. Um, and so I'm wearing this Fender shirt because I thought it was just cool. Yeah. But this guy at this party comes up to me and starts hounding me about fenders and i was just like get off my back dude gosh dude like i know it's It's so obnoxious (laughs) i i mean in that case i didn't know all the technical stuff about fenders that's the my point is that it doesn't matter and that guy needs to get a life (laughs) i know gosh oh my gosh what is wrong with you we are just opposite people and you know that, that funny thing of like if you're wearing a band tee and people say, oh, name one song, oh, you know. All the time. But then it's morphed into, like, you know, all these m- memes and tweets that are like, don't wear a band tee unless you can name five songs. But then <laughs> the joke has gotten, like, meta. And it's like, somebody's wearing a Harley Davidson shirt and someone's going, oh, name five songs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> On everything now, yeah, no matter exactly. what. A Pepsi shirt, name five <laughs> name songs. Name five songs. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. Okay. And that's so weird. I've had that Ugh. happen to me, by the way. And I don't remember song titles yes, very well. Me so either. Even, even if it's a band no. where mm-hmm. I worship I lo- them. Mm-hmm. Doesn't and, matter. And if you're putting me on the spot, dude. I just enjoy it. I enjoy it. I know I enjoy it. I yeah. don't want, I don't need to be able to prove it to you in this specific way with your specific question, with your rules and rubric, in yeah. order to deserve to like this thing. <laughs> You know? It's so irritating. And you know what I will say, too? Something about energy Mm. is that Mm -hmm. people who are not codependent and don't struggle with this and haven't struggled their whole life to figure out what they like, don't get asked that. I I don't think. You know what I mean? Why is it only us? We attract that. I swear. And it's like, uh, I I think it's an energy thing. Mm -hmm. It's like the energy we give off or something Mm -hmm. where they wouldn't dare go up to a guy who was wearing a Fender shirt and maybe, I don't know if it's a guy or girl, but I'm saying like... Whatever. Who's if, not exhibiting these whatever pheromones? I don't, I don't know. know what's going on. Although now that I'm thinking about it, it might have it might have done like been a gender thing in that situation. Sure. With the fender thing, gender fender. <laughs> it was a gender fender. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it was a gender fender bender. Gender fender bender. Oh, merch. That's right merch. Oh my gosh, <laughs> we have on. so many ideas. Yeah, guys. 
write into our email if you like the idea of merch that says glom on with a rock on hand print. And it's a skeleton. <laughs> skeleton. Hand. That's yeah. very important. Yeah. Yeah, we want to put out some like punk Funk rock Punks, merch. Words, we want to make fan tees. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> People can ask you about mm-hmm. obnoxious Name five songs. <laughs> Maybe that should literally be our merch. Yes. Name five songs. Oh my gosh, good idea. that's funny. Yeah. Wait, oh, we have so many good ideas. Yeah. Okay, write that down. <laughs> I will. I will, Megan. Good. Okay, so the next one says, respond to their opinions, likes, dislikes, with curiosity about their yeah. current state of mind. Instead of trying to label them or put them in a box, you know, Mm -hmm. like based on the thing that they just said. And don't try to make sense of like what they're saying based on what you already knew about them. Just allow them to change their mind and understand themselves through exploration. You don't have to get exactly what they're saying. It doesn't have to make sense with everything they've said to you before. Don't be shocked by the change. Just be curious about the thing they're saying right then. Yes. And that's a, that's a quick way to scare a codependent, mm-hmm. by the way, is to, like, lock them into something yes. they said. Yes. Because now they're going to be terrified to express themselves in the future. Oh, my gosh. Right? Yep. And have you – I've had this happen oh, to me many, many times, times. Where I'm like, oh, well, you said mm-hmm. this thing. I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. well, I changed I my changed freaking mind. I changed my mind. And also, probably that's not even what I meant by that and you misunderstood me. Yeah. And maybe I changed my mind and now I'm upset about two things. <laughs> <laughs> Now it's twofold. <laughs> now the problem is twofold. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that that one, it's um, it's really important because mm-hmm. it's we need to have this safe space yes. to be able to change our mind and to for it to be ourselves. okay. Yeah, because yeah. we haven't. Yeah, you know, like I I know that with my siblings, like all three all three of them. Um, I have different relationships with each one, but we've for the most part give each other the space to be like, oh. Like, you've grown from that. Like, your mm-hmm. opinion. Like, my brother, too. Like, we'll talk about music all the time. Yeah. And he'll be like, oh, yeah. Like, I'm I'm not into that person anymore, but I'm totally into mm-hmm. this. And we just, we have fun exploring, like, how we yes. ha- change. Know, change. And yeah. celebrating that. Exactly. And the other side of that, too, is not saying something about them. Like, oh, you like that. Oh, I know yeah. you are this way. Oh, I hate that. That those type of labels just refrain from them entirely. Oh my gosh! Do not say that. To don't somebody. say that to anyone. Like, I, yeah, don't say that to anyone. But other people have such a graceful way of completely letting it roll off their back and just correcting the person, yeah. and they don't think about it ever again. I will have a panic attack about it, <laughs> yeah. and it I, it ruins my relationship with that person. So, <laughs> if we're saying how to be an ally to codependence, definitely don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. Part of it, part of this list is what to do, what not to do. Yeah. Yeah. But. Um, oh, the next one's kind of, not controversial, but like a little bit, I don't, I don't know, maybe controversial. It's, okay, I'm just going to say it. Yeah. Think about if you possibly are enabling their codependency by consistently needing them to solve your problems or be a sounding board in like a non-reciprocal conversation. Mm-hmm. Um or if you're making them manage your emotions for you because you're just, like, onloading, uh, like, unbridled feelings onto them. Yeah. And just, like, you know? Yeah. I And this would take some honest introspection yeah. to be able to look and be like, am I bringing that out in them? Mm-hmm. Right? And looking at how you uh, maybe dump your problems onto them. And you might not think that you're doing that. Yeah. But... In retrospect, are there situations where you're sort of, 
emotionally dumping on them. Mm-hmm. Because the thing about a codependent, we are the person to go mm-hmm. to when you want to emotionally dump because you know they're just We're really take... good listeners. Yeah. We're going to take it. I'm not going to tell you to stop talking. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, the perfect person to unload yeah. on, right? But if you can refrain from that mm-hmm. where you see the opportunity when to actually discuss that situation mm-hmm. and not be in a way where it's like, this is what, you know, I need you to yes. help, you know. Yep. Yeah. For sure. Absolutely. The next one mm-hmm. was um, engaging, or no, sorry, encourage conversations that delve into the possible background and rationale for why they're behaving, mm. rationale for why they're behaving that way. Perhaps it's childhood stuff. Um, maybe your parent was an addict. Maybe there's some family dynamics that were going on where you had to walk on eggshells around someone. Maybe mm-hmm. it's self-worth issues from another source. Yeah. You know, could be. Dig into the why. Yeah. If they're willing to talk about it. Or yeah. especially if, because this person is their sister. So you could say, um, I've been thinking about our childhood. Yeah. And start talking to them about dynamics in childhood. Or, you know, she's obviously known her whole life. So I've been thinking about how my, you know, self-worth or self-esteem has changed what do you think about that you know kind of starting those topics of conversation so that they can maybe dig into those for themselves and see maybe why if that has anything to do with their current behavior yeah and what I would say with this too is if you're a younger sibling in a family dynamic and you have an older sibling that you're trying to be there for that's codependent it could be like kind of awkward at first to be the first person to um, bring up a topic of self-interest or like something like your guys's childhood right mm-hmm. because if you guys haven't really discussed this in detail yet and the older sibling hasn't initiated the conversation it could be kind of daunting as the younger sibling to like go there with them especially yeah. if you haven't gone there with them before but just try it out and see where it goes Um, And don't be afraid just because you're the younger sibling in the dynamic that you don't have something um, pertinent to say when it comes to your guys' childhood or just going to places that are that might be difficult for your older sibling. Because I know with the dynamics of an older and younger sibling, a lot of the times from what I've read is the older sibling is a little more emotionally shut off because they felt like they just had to, like, get through life Mm -hmm. and, like, just take care of everyone and get through things, whereas the younger sibling is more of the feeler and they experience Mm -hmm. everything. So I just wanted to mention that for anyone who's maybe had that dynamic out there of don't be afraid to speak up as the younger sibling and don't be afraid to bring up topics that might, you know, scare them. It might be scary to go revisit your guys' childhood together, but it might be the most healing thing you could do for the relationship. And even just lightly mentioning it can open doors for that person. Yeah. You know, don't have to have an eight-hour cry session, but, you know, just bringing awareness to certain things can even just, like, unlock some things Mm -hmm. that could be helpful for their own thought process, you know? For sure. And even just say hey, I notice it's difficult for you to talk about your thoughts and wants and likes and opinions and your well-being. And and why is that? Because I really care about you and I want to know those things. Yeah. You know, it might help them develop awareness and just begin that conversation. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And the next one is uh, recognize that you can't control them and you can't change them. So if they don't want to change and they're comfortable the way that they are, that's how things are going to stay. You can't change people. 
I know. And this is a hard one for people to really grasp, including myself. Mm -hmm. Trust me, I want everyone to think the way I think because Mm -hmm. life would be 20 times easier. (laughs) The way way I think is the only right way to think (laughs) about things. (laughs) This is the way that makes sense, people. Yeah. So just know that we all think about things differently. We all process life differently, you know, especially in siblings. Just because you guys grew up in the same household or maybe different households, does not mean you guys are the same person. You yeah. definitely experienced life through different lenses, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. So. Yeah, and if they're okay with the way things are, mm-hmm. unless it unless it's hurting you in some way, really like really hurting you, and you need to to talk about it in order to continue the relationship, you know, maybe that just is how that's gonna be, and that is an an op- possibility, I guess. You know, and I just I think we just wanted to mention that. Absolutely, I couldn't agree more. Um, the next one is remove judgments and be genuine and don't act like their lives are a reflection on you because they're not. Yeah. They're independent people. And I think especially because I know we're addressing allies to codependence, but we also are addressing the sibling aspect of yeah. things. But just definitely make sure that you are you stay autonomous from them and know yeah. you guys are separate people. Yeah. And the last one is just thank them for sharing when they share. Mm-hmm. Always thank them. Remind them that it's a safe space. I think you said it really nicely earlier. Like, thank you so much for sharing. I just want you to know this is always a safe place. I really appreciate your thoughts and you can say anything to me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think um, there's a lot of unspoken dynamics with with sibling situations, with friend situations. And just speaking about those dynamics. And I know it's, like, awkward, especially if that person's not accustomed to speaking about, like, what's not being spoken yeah but bringing it to the forefront you'll be shocked at how people respond to that yeah i think people actually respond more positively than they do negatively yeah absolutely you'll be you'd be surprised yeah but i think it's just the initial scare of like oh gosh i don't want to bring up something so vulnerable because it is it's really vulnerable you know absolutely well, oh my gosh, thank you so much for writing in. Please write in to do you like us yes. at gmail.com if you have a question or anecdote and tell us. Do, do you, you like, like us? us? Bye for now. See you later. <laughs>